salutations, and welcome to the very first episode of The Angel House. I'm Jason Blanchard, and I'm really glad you could join us. It wasn't really what he'd had in mind. For that matter, it wasn't something that he would think anyone would want. But he signed his name at the bottom of the lease agreement with a smile on his face. For one full year, at least, Cameron Toller would be living in this old house that needed a lot of work. Lucky for him, Jack Blotner, the landlord, agreed to let Cameron fix up the old house as payment for rent. Jack was the only person so far that he had met in the town of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. This was the place that Cameron had wanted to live in since he was a young boy. A place by the water. A place where the autumn season was crowded with so many beautiful and vibrant colors that your eyes couldn't help but swim in them for hours. This was it. His dream place. And although the house was in bad shape and there was a lot of work ahead of him, he couldn't help but be totally and entirely happy in this moment. He was finally here. The long drive was over, but he knew that the evening was going to be a long one as he looked back at the box truck that carried all of his belongings. So, you plan to move all this stuff in tonight by yourself? Jack asked. It's really not that much, sir. I can handle it, Cameron said, knowing that Jack was about to offer to help him. Once I get started, it should just fly by. Nonsense, Jack said firmly. I wouldn't hear of it. Besides, you're going to be around for the year at least. It would be nice to get to know you a little more, kid. Sounds good, Jack. I certainly appreciate it, he replied, as he nodded in pleasant agreement. Cameron Toller was an average-looking 25-year-old, or so he thought. He wasn't too tall or too short. He wore medium-length brown hair that was very rarely combed. His facial hair always looked like he hadn't made up his mind whether or not he wanted to grow a beard, which was funny, he thought, because he always trimmed it to look like that. And every girl that broke his heart before doing so, told him that they loved his blue eyes. For being 25, he had had his heart broken more times than he cared to think about. This, in turn, was another reason he decided to move to Portsmouth. He had found Jack and the home he had for rent on the internet after several hours of searching one night in his old place back in Camdenton, Missouri. It took him three days after finding the ad to get a hold of old Mr. Blotner. And after Jack finally answered the phone, Cameron was taken aback by his I'm a busy man instead of the normal hello. The conversation was pleasant, though, as were the other numerous conversations they had had before this day of Cameron moving in. Jack was a very white-headed 54-year-old man. It looked to Cameron that at some point in Jack's 54 years, he was a bodybuilder. His arms made Cameron's look like a pathetic attempt at an impression of a number two pencil. His neck was thick, and his chest stuck out in confidence. The perfect male specimen, Cameron thought to himself. Jack kept his face clean-shaven, and always wore a long-sleeved button-down shirt, neatly tucked into a pair of blue jeans. When he talked, the tone of his voice was quite a higher pitch than what you would imagine for a man of his build, and he was as gentle in nature as a summer breeze. He had grown to like Cameron, just through phone conversations. And he was impressed, so far, as this was their first time meeting face to face. So, what brings you to Portsmouth, son? Jack asked, picking up a box labeled Books. I just needed a change, 
Cameron replied. A change? Jack was surprised at the answer he got. A change would be moving into a new apartment a few miles down the road, or switching from caffeinated to decaffeinated, not moving 1,400 miles away. Well, it's a little more than that, sir, Cameron paused. It's more like 1,440 miles. Ha! A jokester, huh? Jack laughed. Well, whatever the reason, we're glad to have you. Now stop calling me sir and tell me the real reason. Cameron wasn't a very secretive person by any means, but the questions that Jack was asking were coming dangerously close to him having to dive into the past few years of his life to answer. This was something that he was not prepared to do yet, so he decided to take the easy way out. Let's just say that I have been in love with the idea of living in a place like this since I was a kid. Cameron started. Being close to the water, sailboats, change of seasons and the beautiful colors, the small colonial-looking town that's quiet and friendly. It's always appealed to me. It was a girl, wasn't it? Jack cried. I guess you could say that. Cameron chuckled and let his sentence linger as he turned to look at the old house. It set off the road quite a ways, with a little gravel drive leading up to it that circled in the front yard and one lone tree smack in the center. A white colonial-style house with green shutters, most of which were hanging loose, or not at all, and a green roof. The front door was on the left half of the house, with a little porch that wrapped around the entire left side by a heavily wooded area that, at this moment, was decorated with a beautiful sight of dead leaves falling to their desired location. The right half, in the front, was filled with two sets of bay windows, one set for each floor of this two-story mess. It was at this moment that, for some strange reason, he felt he would be spending a lot more time here at this house than just one year. Cameron and Jack, both carrying boxes, walked through the front door. Both of them sat the boxes down, and Cameron began to look around at his new home. There was a hallway that ran from the front door straight back to the end of the house, with a staircase lining up the left side to the second floor. To the immediate left was a doorway leading into the living area. To the immediate right was a doorway to the study. Cameron walked on down the hallway a bit to another door to the left, which led to the massive kitchen that looked like someone plucked it from a cooking show. A spare bedroom sat across the hall from the kitchen. The dining room was elegant, although empty, sat in the far back right-hand corner of the house with a door that led outside. He looked out the back sliding glass doors from the kitchen to see the giant backyard that looked like a meadow of silence and purity. An old bench sat under another lone tree, next to the shed on the far right side of the yard. The house smelled of pumpkin and cloves, and was completely and eerily empty. Sorry about the smell in here, Jack said. My wife literally knew you'd be arriving this evening and cleaned all day yesterday, and burned a few candles and put cloves on the stove to make it smell, I believe the word she used was better. It's quite all right, Mr. Blotner. Honestly, it's very inviting and comfortable. I wouldn't have it any other way, Cameron replied. Besides, it's that time of year to do that, right? October, with Halloween being right around the corner? The truth of the matter was that Cameron loved everything there was about the fall season. Always had. That's part of what prompted him to make this big move, or change, as he called it. Autumn was, in his mind, the most quiet and peaceful time of year. The time of year when Mother Nature lies down to rest and is completely covered in a blanket of shattered clothing fallen from her trees. Hello? 
A female voice called from the front porch. Jack, are you here? We're in the kitchen, dear, Jack replied with his not-so-intimidating voice. It was Lily Blotner, the woman responsible for the pumpkin and cloves, a very small woman, not more than five feet tall and couldn't weigh a hundred pounds. You must be Cameron. I'm Lily, she introduced herself. I am very delighted to meet you. Lily is blonde-headed with blue eyes and has a voice similar to Jack's, and Cameron laughed to himself as he heard her talk because it was becoming more evident as to who wore the pants in their relationship, and it wasn't the big-armed man in front of him. Lily was about 50 years old, he guessed, dressed like a professional woman who worked at a law firm, although he was sure that's not what she did every day. She had more makeup on her face than he cared to notice, but her politeness made up for that, and he noticed that her teeth, when she smiled, were absolutely perfect. This was something that Cameron had always noticed when talking to people, their smile and teeth. The pleasure is all mine, ma'am, Cameron said. I hear that you're going to be fixing this old heap up for us, Lily said. Yes, I am, and I, more than I can put into words, appreciate the offer of you letting me stay while I do so. It works out the best for all of us, Jack said, jumping in the conversation. I've brought food, Lily said. I'll fix it, and when you boys are finished bringing stuff in, we'll eat. Mrs. Blotner, that's not necessary. Honestly, I couldn't ask you to do that, Cameron said. You hush now, and get back to work. You'll be hungry when you're done, if not already. And this won't be the last time I feed you. You can be sure of that, Lily said confidently. He had only been here for a little over an hour, and already Cameron felt more comfortable than he had in the past three years of his life. He smiled a little smile to himself as he and Jack continued to carry his stuff in the house. He knew he'd made the right decision. Although in the grand scheme of things he hadn't given it much thought, moving to Portsmouth was a very quick decision, one that he had made in just a few short hours of being on the Internet. He had his reasons, that was for sure. But the decision to move in itself was very quick and it wasn't like Cameron to be spontaneous. He thought everything out. He overanalyzed his every move and word and thought, and although he had always loved this part of the country, he had never given himself a timeline or set any goals or dates of when he would like to be here. So this was something completely out of character for him, to just pack up and move so suddenly, and Jack and Lily seemed so at ease with him already and treated him like they'd known him for years. And even Cameron himself, felt very comfortable and safe around them. It was all kind of unexplainable, but still, he knew he was where he was supposed to be. Whew! I'm glad that's over, Jack began, sitting down on Cameron's couch. You don't have very much, son, but what you do have is pretty heavy stuff. Now, well, I didn't make the decision to perch such heavy stuff. I kind of just acquired it over the years. God bless family, Cameron said jokingly, which for a moment... He wished he hadn't done. He wasn't ready to talk about any of that quite yet. Are you boys going to sit in that living room all night, or are you going to eat? Lily yelled from the kitchen. We'd better hustle back there, son. She doesn't like serving cold food, Jack said, getting back to his feet and making groaning noises all the way up. The last time I was late for dinner, which wasn't very late, mind you, she threw it all out and fed me cold sandwiches for two weeks. Jack led the way down to the kitchen. And as Cameron followed, he started to smell such great smells. Sure, it had been a little while, quite a while, actually, since he'd had a home-cooked meal. But he couldn't remember ever smelling food that smelled this good. And as he rounded the corner, his eyes about jumped out of their sockets. Fried chicken, mashed potatoes, 
corn on the cob, green beans, and biscuits all in heaps in their own separate dishes, each one being carried over to a dining room table by Lily. Where in the world did all this come from? asked Cameron, with his mouth hanging open in amazement. I don't remember carrying a table in. And for that matter, I've never owned one. Well, started Lily. Jack said he noticed as you boys were working that he didn't see one in the truck, so I took it upon myself to go out to the shed and get one. We certainly needed something to eat on tonight, and we don't mind if you keep this in here with you so you'll have something to eat on any time. We don't use it anymore. You carried this in by yourself? Cameron questioned, his mouth still hanging open. This table is massive. I can do a lot of things you aren't aware of, Cameron, Lily giggled. Besides, it's not all that heavy. She's freakishly strong, son. We used to wrestle around as a young couple, but now I'm afraid she'd snap me like a twig, Jack laughed. And how did you cook all of this food? Cameron was still amazed at what Lily had done in the short time she'd done it. All of my pots and pans and cooking stuff are in boxes. Uh, hush now, Lily interrupted. Enough with the questions. All of this food is going cold with all this jibber-jabber. Cameron, you sit at the head of the table. Your spot is ready for you, and I'll bring the rest of the food over. Cameron, still surprised at all of this, made his way to the head of the table reluctantly and sat down. He thought of offering to help her bring the rest of the food over, but Jack had already given her a hand. In front of him, as he sat down, he noticed a very fancy, although very old, expensive-looking plate. In the plate were a fork, knife, and spoon, all real silver, and all not belonging to him. A glass of water sat in front of the plate as he looked out toward the food. This glass also did not belong to him nor did any of the other dishes that were holding the food. He thought it better not to ask any questions, as Lily seemed to think they were unnecessary. So, Cameron, it's really none of my business, but do you have any other work lined up? I mean, how do you plan on supporting yourself while you live here and fix this old house up? Lily asked as she sat down at the table. I've got a fair amount of savings uh, that will help me along for a good bit, Cameron said. But my job back home was at a hardware store. I like handyman work and tools, so that fit me well. Maybe I'll try and find one around here. Roberts, Jack said softly, grabbing a piece of chicken. I'm sorry? Cameron didn't quite hear him through the clinking and clanking of the silverware hitting the plates. It sounded like there were more people eating than just the three of them. He just attributed that to being so hungry and tired. Roberts Hardware Store, Jack repeated completely this time. Robert is an old friend of mine. We used to spend a lot of time together. He's a good man. He runs a good business over there. I stop in from time to time. If you'd like, I can let him know you'll be stopping in sometime soon. Wow, that would be great, Cameron said excitedly. You folks have been very kind to me tonight. I very much appreciate it all. It's quite all right, dear, Lily said. We know what it's like to suddenly be in a place where you know no one and... We'll do our best to help you out any way we can. Thank you, Cameron said. That's about all he could say. He wasn't used to people being so nice to him. It wasn't too long, and they were all as full as they could be. Jack had offered to help Cameron move his bed up to the master bedroom while Lily cleaned up the kitchen and dining room. He had a very old four-poster bed that he was proud of. 
The headboard and footboard were both very heavy, which is why Jack offered to help. They first made their way up the stairs with the mattress and around the corner to the bedroom. Cameron was on the backside, not able to see anything, only relying on Jack's instructions of where to go. They leaned the mattress up against the wall, and Cameron looked around at the bedroom. His eyes landed on the only thing in the room besides Jack and himself. An old wardrobe in the back right-hand corner. Very old, but it looked like it had never been used or touched. There were no fingerprints or dust. It was made from a very dark wood that had a reddish tint to it, like a very dark cherry. It was magical almost. It looked brand new, yet very, very old. Cameron walked over to take a closer look at it, almost involuntarily. He was drawn to it. He looked it over and over, not even sure why. It stood on four feet that looked like dark red lion's paws. But the wardrobe wasn't a piece of its own. It was attached to the floor, appearing as though the wardrobe and flooring were just one big piece. Cameron was fascinated. Feel free to use it, Jack said. That was there when we bought the house. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is, Cameron said, still looking. Well, come on, kid, let's finish this up. We're almost done, Jack said speedily. Cameron took a few steps back, still looking at the wardrobe, and thought he saw something move out of the corner of his eye. He glanced over, but didn't see anything. He must have been more tired than he thought. It had been a very long day. Jack helped him move the rest of the bed upstairs and threw it together before they said their goodbyes for the night. Lily left the kitchen and dining room spotless. Well, as spotless as this old wreck of a house could be. Cameron was still looking at how clean it was when he heard them holler at him. Good night, Cameron. It was a pleasure, yelled Lily. See you, kid, Jack said right after Cameron turned to walk to the front door to see them out, but they were already gone when he got there. He didn't hear the door open or shut. He looked out to the yard to see if he could see them, but there was nothing. He didn't hear a sound. Not a car door or an engine. Nothing. Come to think of it, he never saw another vehicle in the driveway besides the box truck and his car that he hauled behind it. It was very strange. But he didn't think too much of it. He was tired. He made his way back up the stairs to go to bed for the night. Thank you for joining us for the very first episode of The Angel House. See you next time.